seek him here, they seek him there. Those Frenchies seek him everywhere. Is he in heaven? Is he in hell? That damned elusive Pimpernel. Presenting Marius Goring, star of the motion picture Red Shoes, as Baroness Orpsey's immortal character, the Scarlet Pimpernel. Adventures of the Scarlet Pimpernel, starring Marius Goring as Sir Percy Blakeney. France was overflowing with prisoners of war. English seamen, soldiers from Spain and Austria. The number mounted from hundreds to thousands. And the League of the Scarlet Pimpernel worked night and day planning escapes and rescues. But the number we could save seemed pitifully small. Let's take a look at this map of France. Hmm? What about it? You mean these little marks you made? Yes. I've marked off 15 areas. The walking distance between each is not more than the average man could do easily in one night between dark and sunrise. I see. One man moving alone at night doesn't run much risk of detection, especially moving across country. From any point, the Channel Coast can be reached in 15 nights. Or less, easily, depending upon the starting point. The only thing the escaping man would need would be a hideout in each area. A place where he'd be assured of food and a place to sleep in safety during the daylight hours. Yes, and that's where the plan becomes not so simple. It would be exceedingly simple if we could find one man, one Frenchman in each one of these areas, to give refuge. If we could help 50... Even a hundred men to escape in the time it took us to rescue four. And they could make their own way to the coast. One bad one in the fifteen could cost the lives of all the rest, Blakeney. No. <laughs> no. Because each one in the chain will know only the next one he sends the prisoners on to. Listen. Here comes Tony with the rest of the men. I outlined the plan, and the men were assigned to their first. I took the Montluçon area and found a baker who was not sympathetic to the new regime that ruled his country. Within a month, we had our 15 men. We checked, we rechecked on them carefully. They all seemed sincere. That's all right, Well, you've heard all the reports, Blakeney. What do you think? Well, the choices all sound splendid, Tony. I'd wager my life on the man I chose. The others all seem to feel the same. If you ask me, we are ready to go. Yes. Well, the proof will be in the test. We might as well test the whole chain, see if there's a weak link. 
Some British seamen are being held in Bordeaux, aren't they, Tenny? Yes, nine of them. Yeah, well, the first stop from there would be Limoges. Your man, Harding? Yes. What sort of a farm does he have? Large one? No, small. Just he and his wife. No farm hands to contend with and a large barn. Excellent. Well, if we get the nine to Limoges, the night of the escape, he can put them all up in the barn. One man can leave each night after that. And if they all reach Calais, we know we're all right. Sounds good to me. Oh, I like it too, Blakeney. But remember, that Bordeaux prison isn't easy. It will be. Five nights from now. Five nights from now? Why? That's the night of their annual wine festival. A very gay evening. Last time I saw it, some girls from the town came to the prison courtyard to take supper and dance with the guards. You know, musicians wandering in and out. You know, I, I'd almost forgotten about that. The French won't. Yeah. Well, some of you fellows are going to look lovely in wigs and bonnets. <laughs> <laughs> and you can choose among yourselves which will pretend to be musicians. <laughs> you, uh, you go along with the idea, Harding? On one condition. What? That if Tony draws the role of musician, he be absolutely forbidden to sing. <laughs> well, that's a nice thing to say, old boy, I'm sure. I'm certain that I sound as good singing as you'll look if you have to dress as a girl. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Now that's enough. Come on, boys, we've work to do. Let's go over this plan of the Bordeaux prison, shall we? <laughs> on the night of the wine festival, in various disguises, we were all in the prison courtyard. Tony and myself and four others were the musicians, but we also carried a large trunk, similar to that used by sorcerers and magicians. We played for the dancers for more than an hour, then I gave the signal to leave as the commandant of the guard danced in front of us. Come on, musicians! Hey, why do you stop playing? Oh, my men are tired, mon commandant, and they are thirsty. If we empty our hearts of our music... We should also fill our stomachs with wine. Oh, yes, of course, comrades. Yes, I will have some brought to you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, keep us here like prisoners, eh? <laughs> While your guards win all the smiles of the ladies. No, no, no. We must wander about too, if you please. But we must have entertainment. What about the trunk of the magician? Some feats of magic while the musician dressed. Huh? I am also the magician, Commandant. Give us but half an hour to enjoy ourselves, and uh, I will perform an act of magic you will never forget. Very well. A half hour. Now, enjoy yourself! Ah! You hear, men? Three cheers for our host, the Commodore! Ah! 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 But to perform we seek pleasure for ourselves, mon Commodore, I must ask a favor. Is there an empty cell in the prison? Yes. But what is that to you? Oh, <laughs> our instruments and my magic tricks are worth much money. I would like them safely locked away. <laughs> Even prison guards can be dishonest, you know, mon commandant. And uh, you have many guests from the outside. <laughs> <laughs> Very well. Bring your things and, and I will lock them away for you. Huh? He led us through the guardroom of the prison where a few of the guards were huddled in the corners, stealing kisses from blushing visitors. We went through a heavy gate to the cells, turned into a dark corridor, and halted. Uh, you, you may put your things in here for safekeeping. Uh, I'm sorry, old fellow, but we'll put you in there for safekeeping. English? You? Oh. Right, Tony. I am. Yank him. Then lock him in. Right. Get that trunk open, Harding. Get the clothes out. 
English prisoner. Attention. We come to rescue you. Let us know what cells you're in. Hey, 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 hey. Not too loud. Not too loud. Not too loud. We'll have you out in a minute. Throw me those keys, Tony. We released the nine seamen and got them into French dress. We also supplied them with musical instruments from the trunk so that our men in the courtyard would recognize them as trouble started. And then we left the cells. The trouble came sooner than we expected as we started out casually through the guardroom. One of the guards was standing sullenly where his girl had left him. I noticed him look at us when we came in. Where is the commodore? Oui. Oh, ho, ho. He is engrossed in the trunk of magic I left in there. He will be out in a moment. You are going to leave your instruments in there? Eh, the cells are damp. It would harm them. We carry them with us. When you went in, you were only five or six. Now there are so many. When we came in, you were too engrossed with your lady to know how many of us passed. Come, find another wench while we play for you. No, I will stay here. <laughs> All right. But the festival is a time of joy. Come, comrades. Let us not be moody like this one. Into the courtyard for music and merriment. Even as we left the guardroom, the sullen one started for the cells. It would take him less than a minute to find the commandant. Once out of the courtyard, I headed for the gate at an even pace. That guard will raise the alarm any moment. I know, I know. The party's over. We're leaving. Uh, will uh, some of you ladies join my lonely musicians? Oh, Our men understood. They're coming through the crowd. There it is. All right, my fellas. Run for it. You should try running in one of these skirts. Nasty fellow shooting at ladies. <laughs> Guards were half drunk and confused, and only a couple of them had muskets. They were forced to fire above the crowd as we smashed our way to the gate. Tony and the others threw their musical instruments at the head of our pursuers, and only a few moments later, we were mounted and away. Two minutes about back there, and we'll be out of town before they organize a pursuit. When we are clear, split up and ride across country. We get these prisoners to the barn at Limoges before morning. <laughs> Limoges left the seamen and waited. The escape chain worked. They all reached the channel and crossed to England safely. And after that, we started our rescue operations from all parts of France. It went on gaily for a month. Then one night, we met to plan an escape for men held at Orléans. Harding was the last to show up for our meeting. As soon as I saw his face, I knew something was wrong. I've got to talk to you. I've just come in from Paris. Hey, well, what's the matter, Harding? I passed the Ministry of Public Safety there this morning. Soldiers brought in some prisoners, eight of them. Yeah, go on, go on. One of the prisoners was my farmer from Limoges, the first link in the escape chain. There were seven others. I managed to get some information. They were all men who were helping us, including your baker from Montluçon. Citizen Chauvelin ordered them all executed. How? How could they get eight of them? Well, that's nothing to wonder now, though. 
Well, we've got to get them out. Come on, get ready, men. No, no, it's no good, Blakeby. We're too late. Chauvelin didn't even wait overnight. They were guillotined immediately. Eight friends dead out of 15. Well, nothing we can do about that, Blakeby. Our plan worked. We got more than 200 men free. We must prepare the chain and go on. He's right, Blakeby. Yes, yes, I know. First, we must check the rest of the chain. Because one of the seven links left to us has betrayed us. Marius Goring returns as the Scarlet Pimpernel. used to set up the route of escape. We talked about it for hours. Oh, I don't know. It seems impossible, Blakeney. Each of the men we chose knew only the next stop to send the men on to. He'd only be in a position to betray one man, not eight. Just the same. Eight men are dead. Uh, it must have been one of the prisoners we sent through who betrayed them to the French. That's not possible. Why not, Blakeney? I'm inclined to agree with Tony. If it had been a prisoner, the French would have guillotined all the men they contacted, not just eight of them. Well, that would depend on where the prisoner started from. Think carefully, gentlemen, because you're wrong. Remember, one of the men executed was Harding's farmer from Limoges, the first link in the chain. Any prisoner starting from there would know all 15. And if he didn't start from there, the farmer from Limoges would still be alive. He's right, Tony. Yes. Sorry, Blakeney. But there's another puzzle. The eight men weren't taken in sequence. The man in Area 2, after Limoges, hasn't been caught. Well, the man in Area 6 is all right. Area 8 and 9. Then Area 11 to 15. I know. That proves only that the betrayer is very clever. He'll never expose the entire chain. Why not? Because if he did, we could start all over again without him. And he wouldn't know what we were doing. Everything worked perfectly the first month, Of course it did. It gained our confidence. But the escaped prisoners will start to be caught now, together with the French who are on our side. Unless we find the weak link. We worked so hard. They were chosen so carefully. All of us had every reason to believe the man we had chosen was against the present French government. Men are strange creatures, Harding. 
Sometimes they can be against a government, but still in love with their country. Still opposed to its enemies. Blakeney, I don't know how we're going to apply that to any one of our seven men. They all seem perfectly innocent. We've got no true reason to suspect any one of them. Uh, yes, we have. Because there's one I suspect. What? Which what? one? And why? Link number two in our chain. Dr. LeBlanc from the Guerre area. Dr. LeBlanc? But I chose the doctor myself, Blakeney. By what right or what reason do you suspect him? Men on either side of him were taken, Tony. What, the same applies to the man in Area 6? Yes, but... Look, that's what he wants us to think. Remember, the men escaping came from Limoges to him. Very likely that one of them might mention the starting point. He's the only one who could have known they came from the farmers. All right, then. But by the same token, he only knew of one man to send them on to. But seven others were exposed. How? I can answer that very simply. Dr. Leblanc took a little journey. He himself pretended to be a prisoner. What? You can't judge the man without being certain. I will be certain, Tony. Have no fear. I want one man to go to each of the areas in which our men have been exposed. You will replace them temporarily, in French disguise, of course, and notify others in the chain that operations are to be resumed. But once that is done, do not remain here. Why not? Because I don't want any of you denounced and guillotined. I just want to trap LeBlanc. Well, how do you propose to do that, eh? By placing myself in his hands as an escaping prisoner. It took three days to arrange it. Early on the morning of the fourth day, before dawn, I made my way to the home of Dr. LeBlanc in the village of Guéret. I threw pebbles up at the bedroom window. Two minutes later, I was in the house with Dr. LeBlanc. You are the first prisoner to come through in almost a week. I don't think about that. All I know is I walked all night and I'm hungry. Ah, I will fix you some food. Have you, um, have you been a prisoner for long? No. My ship was sunk by one of yours. I was the only survivor. Some troops were taking me to the prison when I was rescued. By Englishmen? Yes. The Scarlet Pimpernel and his men. <laughs> they have made Chauvelin and our officials look like bigger fools than they are. You don't seem to favor your government, Doctor. France will outlive such men, monsieur. Someday all Frenchmen will unite in heart and in spirit as of old, and there will be no traitors in high places or low. Here is your food, man. When you have eaten, I will take you to the garret where you may sleep in safety until tomorrow night. Where do I go from here? I will give you an address in Montluçon. You are fortunate to come when you do. Something has been amiss. Some people who would have helped you were caught. It was only yesterday that I got the name of a new man in Montluçon. He will send you on. Good. I never thought I'd live to see England again. Ah, you will. Uh, what uh, prison were the troops taking you to? Bordeaux? Yes. Ah, then you stopped last night at a hideaway in uh, Limoges. Yes. Ah, a good man, the one who cares for you there. I can't seem to recall his name at the moment. Uh, what was it again? Oh, <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, I know it. If only I could remember. <laughs> you know, I can't even think of his trade. Is he... Ah, of course. How stupid of me to forget. Such a long time since I've been to Limoges. Uh, where does he have his uh, shop these days? Where was it last time you saw him? As I said, it was long ago. Mm. Place he has. Looks as if he'd been there a long time. Probably the same place, you know. What is the address, though? I don't think I should tell anybody that. Oh, now, surely you cannot discuss me. The cobbler sent you to me, did he not? Yes. Uh, 
Yes, but... Then realize that I am testing you, you fool. I risked my life to help you. Tell me the address, and I will know that you are truly a prisoner and not a spy out to expose me. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I was being too careful. The cobbler's name is Frenet. His shop is at 19 Rue Moulin. Ah. It's well you remember. Now I may relax. You are a lucky man, monsieur, to be able to look forward to return to England. You have been there many times before our countries went to war. I have friends there, good friends. I have love and respect for your people all my life. I can never regard them as enemies. Often I think they have qualities of loyalty which uh, my own countrymen today seem to lack. He talked about England until the night was gone and the sun was riding high in the sky. He showed me to a bed in the garret. I was torn with dust. Tony had believed in him, in his friendship for the English, his hatred of French officials. But one thing stood out in my mind and prevailed. His insistence on knowing the identity of the new man in Limoges. I stayed in his house through the day and left at night, joining Tony and the others. Well, were you satisfied, Blakeney? He's all right, isn't he? I don't know. It could be. But he wanted to know the identity of our man at Limoges. That's the only one he'd have to ask about. For the others, he can get by the same pretense I suspect he used before. You mean you think he'll pass himself off as a prisoner again? We'll find out by tomorrow night. Well, what do you mean? He sent me on to the new Montluçon address you provided him with. The stable in Rue Cambrion. By tomorrow night, he should be there himself, seeking further directions. If he doesn't come, will you admit you're wrong? Yes, Tony. If he doesn't come, I'll be very happy to admit that I'm wrong. But uh, I'm afraid he'll come. <laughs> Down, Tony. Oh, I'm too nervous. Uh, where are Harding and the others? They're posted about outside. Make certain that we're not caught in a raid. It's almost dawn. He isn't coming. I told you he was all right. Don't, Tony. We may even have to wait another night. We... What was that? A whistle, Tony. The signal for prisoners approaching this man here. But we know that no genuine prisoners are due. Don't we? I... You'd better hide in those stalls, Tony. The Midas guy's all right. Yes, you look like a French stablekeeper. But why bother? If it's him, you'll be satisfied. I want you to be satisfied. I want you to hear him ask for the address of the next man. Now go. All right. Quickly, behind that hay. Get down. Ah? Huh? Come in, comrade. Come in. Merci. Merci. A prisoner came through last night, Dave. I did not expect another so soon. The English helped me to escape. Ah, then you are one of them. <laughs> but uh, you speak French very well. I am French, but I was helping them and became suspect, so I'll send him on to England. Oh, I see. I will get you some food. Oh, no. No, I'm not hungry. I, I just want to sleep. If you can show me to a bed and give me the name and address of my next contact in Bourg. Oh, uh, uh, how did you know the next stop is in Bourg? I... The English mentioned this top Liar! You liar! Oh, don't move, Doctor. Remember me, Doctor? You? Yes, Doctor. And I am your prisoner of last night. Ah. Well, life is full of surprises, isn't it, Miss? Harding and the other outside waiting. I'll let them in. 
Why did you put it down, sir? Because I am a Frenchman, monsieur. Each man thinks his own way and has his own beliefs. You said you hated Chauvelin, all he and his kind stood for. And I do. But I love France. I did not let any of your escaping prisoners be recaptured. I merely denounced Frenchmen who would betray their country, whether the rulers be good or bad. They were honest men, Doctor. Men who loved France as much as you do. But men who could distinguish between right and wrong. What are we going to do with him, Blakely? What can you do but kill me, gentlemen? And I know you well. You cannot kill me in cold blood. Uh, nor can we leave you alive with those the other seven men who helped us. You can take them to England with you. Oh, I can help you out of your dilemma. You? Help from you? Yes, monsieur. I deceive you, and you are bitter against me. I will make you a sporting proposition. If I win, I leave here freely, and you give up your plan. If I lose, your plan goes on, and you will have your satisfaction. I am at your disposal, monsieur. A duel? Why not, monsieur? For greater stakes than any but us will know. I am well trained with pistol or sword. It is your choice. Pistols. Act as your second, will you, Hardy? All right. You, um, both of you want to do this? Yes. Your pistol, doctor. Stand back to back. I will count to ten. Take one step at each count. At ten, you may turn and fire. One... Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Uh, ah. Well, Blackney, that's the end of the weak link in our chain. Yes, Tony, the weak link, but in his way, a strange and a strong man. Quite a fanatic. I'm sorry it was I that had to kill him. Oh, I'm not, Tony. No? Uh, you see, my friend... Uh, like all fanatics, he had his one last fling. Uh, just look over there on the wall. Huh. His shot was aimed at me. Now. Still more than an hour before daybreak. 
Get me so nervous. I can't help you, after my last mistake. Suppose my new man turns out to me. See, old boy? There they are now. Oh, the first group through the new chair. Pray heaven this one lasts, please. I've got a better prayer than that. A prayer for the day when our services are no longer needed. <laughs> <laughs> 